Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. So what are you going to make this week? I am so excited for this week, you guys. Um, So we are covering, I know it as Diverse Attack. Is it called that? It is now. Like the property that it, the property that owns it now, that's what it's called. But it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it, I know it as Diverse Attack. It is the Mantino Insane Asylum. Yeah. Mantino is a little town that's really close to the town that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And we, um, so yeah, it's a neighboring town. It was actually our rival town. Yeah. And Diverse Attack was the place to go if you wanted to get scared. It was this abandoned insane asylum. Um, I mean, obviously, okay. Yes, that's considered trespassing. Trespassing is not okay. (laughs) I would not do it now, but as a naive young child, not young, not, what am I saying? As a teenager, I didn't really think about that. Yes. Anyway, I care. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but now I know better. Um, So anyway, today I'm so excited to make this so, so let me th- talk about why I'm making this. Like I said, it was back when we were in high school is when I used to go there. So I'm like, okay, what brings back high school memories? And um, I asked Emily this and she goes, Bosco sticks. <laughs> I hope that everybody listening knows what a Bosco stick is. It's yeah, basically, seriously. it's basically just a, uh, a, a bread stick with cheese inside. Yeah. But that was just like the stringiest it was so they were warm and fluffy dough Mm -hmm. so good with marinara sauce yes Mm, with marinara sauce so i'm gonna make the adult version of a bosco stick (laughs) the bougie version which is um so it's this i found this on the pillsbury website but i kind of already i just kind of searched for it because i saw a video of it where else tiktok of course of course so Um, educational right so, um, crescent wrapped brie mm. is what it is. So you just oh. take, you just go and you get a round of brie cheese and you get the crescent rolls and you just, you know, just do your thing. Put the, put the crescent roll around the brie cheese and, um, there you have it. But the good, th- the cool thing that I saw on TikTok, what you can do with it. You know, the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls, you can get those at pretty much any grocery store, especially the ones with the buttery uh, crust. Yes. Yeah. Um, get those ones. And then you take the brie and you put, you actually put like a little dab, like a chunk of brie on that plus an apple slice. Mm-hmm. And then you roll it up. If you don't want to do the apple slice, that's fine. But it adds a an, I, I assume I guess I've never had it, but it adds an extra little bouginess to it. Yeah. And they are probably, I keep on saying probably because I have never had it before, <laughs> but I've been about it this. <laughs> After this TikTok, I have thought about this. I actually already brought, bought all the ingredients for it before I even knew that we were doing this. So it's perfect. Um, It's perfect for like, you know, any kind of party where you have to bring some kind of hors d'oeuvre or some kind of yes. finger food. Um, and you look extra bougie. Yeah. I bougie is like the word today. Yeah. Um, you look you can put it on a charcuterie bougie. board. And oh, then fit right in. Yes. Oh People will be like, wow, this girl is um, cultured. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She's fancy. <laughs> yes. I want to be friends with this girl. <laughs> this, this is wifey material right here. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're trying to impress a guy, just talk about your brie cheese and crescent rolls. Honestly, anyone can like make it. it. Oh, my adult Bosco stick. Yes. So Everyone adult will be Bosco so stick. impressed. So everybody impressed. will. Yes. And then you can even call it, you can call it adult Bosco sticks. <laughs> Oh I God. hope that other people, it wasn't just our school that had Bosco sticks, right? Like that was a no. big thing in all high schools. I don't think so. I mean, 
No. We I would be really surprised. Okay. Yeah, let us know if high special. school had Bosco sticks because it was like a treat at our yes. school. Bosco sticks and the square pizza. Oh my god, square pizza, duh. Yeah. That they cut it with scissors. Actually, yeah. was good. But like, <laughs> I I like that pizza a lot. That pizza was. Just him for the recipe. <laughs> frozen, Can frozen I pizza. square pizza <laughs> recipe? Yeah. Anyway, so this episode is going to be so fun. It's going to bring back a lot of reminiscing and probably stupid stories by me. Actually, when yeah, I find the right okay. time, I will add in a very dumb story. Okay. All awesome. right. So let's get started. Okay. So, um, Illinois, this is in, you know, our state of Illinois, uh, and by the way, we are super triangulating ourselves because we said this is our neighboring town. <laughs> I think I, neither of neither of us live there right now, so yes, you you will not find us in the neighboring town. Okay, anyway, um, so Illinois purchased the land in 1927, um, and it was supposed to be dedicated by the state of Illinois to the welfare of its people for the relief and restoration, a place of hope for the healing of the mind and body where many may find health and happiness again. So it had good intentions at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, As did most insane asylums. Maybe not actually. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, hopefully the intention was not bad, but yeah. yeah. Um, it officially opened in December 1930 in Mantino, Illinois, and the first 100 patients there were transferred from Kankakee State Hospital. So Kankakee is another uh, town that's pretty close mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this area. Um, it grew in population and property very quickly. Uh, and in 1936, an additional 200 acres were purchased to expand on the already 1,000 acres that they had. So it was, it was a lot of land. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was supposed to be like, um, just like a, you know, helpful, useful community for uh, the Mantino area. It had its own farm on the property uh, its own police force fire department paved roads restaurants so it was it was nice in at the start um and they put a lot of money into it the state of illinois did because they really wanted it to succeed and it was for um it was for rehabilitation it wasn't Mm. for like extremely dangerous people at the start and things like that um but yeah so despite all of this despite all of um the building of it was pretty good it was built amid the great depression so the funds began dwindling very very fast and staff shortages were happening because all of the most qualified nurses and doctors were being called to support the war effort because World War II was starting as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Mantino was so in need of staff that they were taking um, high school dropouts as hired nurses. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying like if you're a high school dropout, you're never going to succeed, but they were high school age, had yeah. not done any training, no education on it at all. And Right. At one point, out of the 120 nurses they had hired, only 16 had actual any training, like, of any kind. Oh, my gosh. That is so scary. Yeah. So that's gonna... already a recipe for disaster. Yes. So that's going to drastically affect um, the state of living there. Mm-hmm. And in 1934, not only that, the health budget in Illinois was cut by 29%. Um, but at the same time, the occupancy of the state hospital, Mantino State Hospital, um, more than doubled at the time. So the budget is going down and the number of patients is going up. Isn't that ridiculous how that happens? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really not. That's unfortunate. It still seems like Illinois hasn't figured it out. <laughs> Speaking from someone in the industry. <laughs> um so on top of that it's this is a huge snowball effect of like all these things happening um in 1936 shock therapy was introduced there which we know now is not useful at all no it's damaging yeah and in 1937, a tuberculosis sanatorium was added because there was a huge problem with that. <laughs> Very problematic disease, you know? Yes. And uh, especially people that are not trained mm-hmm. now are interacting with this very contagious disease. Yeah. Probably not using the proper PPE, personal protective equipment. Yeah. I knew what that meant. Yep. (laughs) No, but definitely not because they didn't even know about these things. Um, No. So a huge epidemic of typhoid fever spread very quickly in 1939 as well. You know how typhoid is spread? How? By like, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, typhoid Mary? Yes. It's only on the show. Yeah, Yeah, we have. Okay, so going back to Typhoid Mary, it's because she, I'm pretty sure it spread through fecal matter, and she wouldn't wash her hands after going to the bathroom, and then she'd cook everyone food. Oh, disgusting. So so Typhoid is really, yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty certain. So I'm pretty sure Typhoid is spread through, like, feces, so it's just because they were so unsanitary. Yeah. And, like I said, I mean, back, back then, any healthcare, we weren't really... Um, as I, I mean, by the 1930s, I thought we had our shit together, but maybe not, <laughs> but um, nope. not everywhere. Like hand hygiene is so, t- I mean, that's like number one, like on any nursing test, like you walk into a room, what's the first thing you do? Introduce yourself, hand hygiene, hand hygiene. Always. Mm-hmm. If you, you will fail a test out. If you go in and you don't use hand hygiene, it's so important but I'm sure back then it wasn't as enforced, especially somewhere that's short-staffed and it's not, it's not taught. I mean, they're mm-hmm. uneducated. Yeah. I'm just, so yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised typhoid spread. No. Um, <laughs> Pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like such an obvious thing, you know, but like yeah. wash your hands. Right. Okay. To us, it seems obvious, especially now, 2021. 20, yeah. COVID, but yeah. Anywho, continue. So yeah, 384 patients ended up getting sick because of typhoid and 60 people died in 1939, um, including staff. So they were even more um, short-handed, short staff, whatever, mm-hmm. um, after that. And unfortunately, they didn't even realize what it was at first. Um, the director of Mantino State Hospital Ralph Hinton uh, thought it was just diarrhea, like extreme diarrhea, until welfare agents stepped in and they were like, mm, no, typhoid. <laughs> so just getting the shits and dying, you know? Literally. And they're like, mm, dysentery, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> they don't know. So bad. Um, and it was so bad. There's actually a couple articles that were written at the time. Time Magazine actually wrote an article on the Mantino State Hospital, and this is a quote from it, uh, of someone who went and investigated, and they said, patients lay moaning in bed, others whipped by mad fear, beat against the screen windows, grappled with attendants, every night kitchen boys and orderlies disappeared, and a lot of people were running away from the asylum at the time, Um, and over 45 patients managed to run away during the typhoid outbreak because it was so chaotic there and people were so panicked that they were going to get sick that they were trying to run away. So, but then it was like a really underdeveloped area at the time. So they would get lost and it was kind of by the woods. The woods are not there anymore. It's obviously a town now, but they would get, the patients kept getting lost 
in the woods and stuff like that. So it was all, it was not a good time. No. Somehow this really blows my mind. Mantino was at the like height of its time. It was the, one of the largest mental hospitals in the world, which is just insane. Like our little, our little town <laughs> is like the, one of the most famous, like infamous mental state hospitals. No way. Yeah. I didn't realize so, it was that big. It was huge. Over 10,500 meals were served on a daily basis. Uh, the facility power plant generated 2,500 kilowatts of power a day and up to 225 tons of coal were required every single day just to run operations. So there was a, just tons and tons, thousands of people. And it was only meant in the beginning, remember, to be like a couple hundred people. So it really isn't. It's a huge facility, but it's not equipped for thousands of people. No, I mean, even any hospital doesn't hold thousands of patients at a time. Yeah. That is, that's so dangerous. So much probably slipping through the cracks. Yeah. Something like that is so hard to run, especially short-staffed, uneducated. This is such a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's not That's good. Scary. I mean, and it's so sad just thinking about all those patients that really needed help that were there, or like their family members that sent them there, thinking that they would get help, not knowing how dangerous mm-hmm. this really is. Yeah. And the Time article reported they found like patients just like abandoned orderlies and like nurses who wouldn't come around and check on them for like hours and hours at a time. And they were kind of left to their own devices, like in their own filth and everything. Like it was just, it was a disgusting, disgusting facility. Cause it was just like no order at all. No cleanliness really, because they just hurt. couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. There were tons and tons of controversies and conspiracies that were about the hospital too. Um, one of them was about the patient abuse that happened there, which, you know, is kind of surprised. There's kind of no way to get around that if uh, in a place like that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But also, patients attacking nurses happened a lot because oh, the nurses yeah. don't know what to do. They don't know how to properly handle these people and. Right. Um, I mean, it's happening all the time. Yeah. I mean, I would get attacked by patients on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, Woo. Like, like it's still, I mean, it's still pretty common. I've gotten swung at often and I've gotten yeah. like, like, like it's, it's pretty common, but the thing is I have help there as soon as I feel unsafe or like, we'll, um, we'll have to restrain the patient or we'll call the security to come and help us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is like, yes, people are going to be aggressive, especially when they're confused and sick. Um, that happens so often. So that's, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like I wish that we could do something about it, but that's just kind of a part of working in healthcare is you're going to deal with aggressive people, but it's the, it's having the help and the, um, yeah, the help in when those situations happen to know what to do and to mm-hmm. know who to call. I mean, we'll have one patient, like a, like a 70 year old, 80 year old woman. That's like, if she's throwing punches and she's trying to get up and get out of bed and like go at us, we'll call security. And then before you know it, we have like four security guards up there to like help with this little lady. Like, damn. Yeah. Because I mean, we're not, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be like using force on this lady. And we, yeah. we often, I mean, I've never really had to see like too much force used it's always like convincing them to go back to bed but still yeah it can happen so easy mm-hmm. I'm sure and then picture that widespread yeah if I was alone yeah. yeah if I would feel so unsafe if I was alone with some of the patients I've had and I don't work in a in a I mean it's it was a rehab setting at this point still right it wasn't 
meant for um it wasn't like a mental institution at that point it is now oh okay yeah, yeah. so i i don't deal with men i mean in in psych wards they literally have like security guards sitting there um in case anything were to go down they're there right there mm-hmm. and you're always yeah whatever that's crazy yeah they did not have that um and yeah so the hospital was never supposed to be for violent patients when it first opened it was for people with like like a mental issue but like things like depression ocd like not like violent things that Mm -hmm. you could work on and get therapy for and hopefully you would be rehabilitated um but by this point people who were found innocent by insanity so it who committed like murders or something but were insane were sent to mantino at that time no so they're getting mixed in all sorts of people with all sorts of issues are getting thrown into Mantino. That is so yeah. bad. Yeah. Because and we're found, oh my gosh. They're not separated at all. They're just oh. all, because they don't have the room for that either. So they're all in like the same rooms and everything. Oh, not my good. God. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't know the history about this place before I went. <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know it either. I just know like the ghost stories, you know. Um, know. <laughs> you don't know that either. Nope. Oh my gosh. Well, I got one ghost story after the history. So okay. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. So also, not only did the Times Magazine uh, come, the Chicago Times also came, and in 1945, photographer Mel Larson took photos of what was going on in there and an inscription on the back of the photos that I found said um it was it was like a hallway in this photo of just like patients on their bed on the floor it's a really distressing if you like look up old photos it's really distressing to look at but the back of the photo said forgotten men of hell's cottage which is like what they nicknamed one of the men's wards or whatever uh mantino madhouse heavy boot and clenched fist add torture of broken bones and misery of broken minds not a great description of where you're keeping people to sleep i'd be Um, curious as the photographer as the reporter going in yeah not not cool it was discovered in uh oh i'm sorry in 1941 462 patients died from experimentation that was going on there. And that led to another massive outbreak because patients who were like conscious enough to know experiments were happening, tried to escape and 198 patients escaped. So what just year? Uh, 1941. Yeah. So what so bad happened was Mantino State Hospital, again, our little Mantino town. Oh, my God. It became a facility for, not so secret, U.S. military testing for World War II. And they were like, well, these people don't really matter, I guess. So let's do experiments there. And they were coming up with medical experience for new surgeries and stuff. Uh, Lobotomies were an accepted practice to cure madness, all these terrible, terrible things going on in here. That's, Um, that's nuts. I mean, yeah, you know, you, I actually, I took a, um, a class in college called, uh, Christianity during the Holocaust Mm -hmm. or no theology during the Holocaust. No, I think, I think whatever. Um, and so I kind of was able to like, it was actually really interesting And so I had to write this paper about, I don't know, something going on uh, during the Holocaust. So I actually talked about like the medical experiments that were done. Mm -hmm. But like, this was not the U.S. doing these experiments. Like when I researched it. Yeah. The fact that the U.S. participated in that really disgusts me. And Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I guess I I knew that the U.S. has done some really sketchy experiments. And um, yeah. 
and studies on people but still I just I like I cannot believe that the U.S. participated in that and the fact that that's like hardly ever taught like the fact that we don't know and are not taught about these things yeah Mm -hmm. tells me that this was done a lot more often than we're even aware yeah in a place like Mantino yes of all places in the world so close to us Wow. I know we've, we've probably, we've talked about like small towns before and not really emphasized it, but like, it, it's like hitting us weird because this is where we're from, you know? Yeah. So that's why I keep going. It's, it's Mantino. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the fact that I've walked around, I've gone through there, but I just did not know that, yeah. that sad, sad history. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We've both walked through this building. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. um yeah. So this was a huge conspiracy theory going around, like national news at that time. So people were suspecting that this was happening, but they weren't really sure. Um, so it is, I could, it is uh, a conspiracy. I believe that the U.S. was in, like the military was involved, but mm-hmm. it was discovered that they definitely were doing medical experiments there. So the experiments were happening, whether or not the military sanctioned it is kind of up in the air. They don't know for sure. I see. Okay. Yeah. And, but it was, it wasn't discovered until the 1950s that these uh, experiments were happening. And one of the biggest experiments, not only with the surgeries that was happening uh, were that patients were unknowingly injected with malaria in an attempt to make a cure for it. So they were like testing and trying to create a cure by like injecting people with it, which obviously didn't work. And 462 people died that way. I am, I'm, I'm freaking out right now because this is, how have I never learned about this? I mean, we have heard heard, in school, I learned about so many experiments, so many wrongful experiences. This is one, this is so bad. This is, bad. this is outwardly bad. It's hundreds I mean, of people. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a huge thing. It's, I don't know. It's so, it's so scary. Um, at the, the peak population for this Mantino state hospital was in 1954 with a recorded 8,195 patients. And there were 450 attendants, and of that 450, only 21 of them were registered nurses for over 8,000 people. That's no, not a good, not good, not good. Those ratios are scary. Yeah. It's so you can imagine the oh, terrible, terrible and way of living, life. terrible. Not, oh my God. Yeah um going to work like every day I mean why why terrifying yeah jeez yeah um a former employee shared that a farmer who owned property nearby had to sell his farm because he kept finding dead bodies of patients in his cornfield and he couldn't he's like I can't use this land well I just keep finding dead bodies um assuming Patients had escaped and they'd gotten lost and just like couldn't get out of the cornfield, probably just like fell down and died there, were either dumped there, like all sorts of reasons why you might find that. But that's also cannot believe. Um, And so by the early 60s, farm operations were shut down completely due to budget and a decrease of the hospital continued. Um, The funding kept going down and down until it became too much of a burden on the state to even use the facility anymore. So in 1983, jump all the way to the 80s, the governor of Illinois decided to shut down the hospital finally. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, maybe it's not working out, you know? Uh, and all of the patients were moved to other places. And by 1985, it was officially closed. And 
Very few of the original structures still stand, mm-hmm. although the ones that do are left. Actually, it's all gone now. None. I don't think any of by um, the last original building was torn down in 2015. So, oh, yay. yeah, I didn't actually know that. I thought some of it was still standing, but apparently not. Um, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, 2015 when we graduated. So the year that yeah, we graduated. That was when we graduated high school. So, um, wow. Yeah. We just missed so, it. Or we just got it. We, we, we were in those it. original buildings, but now you will not find it. Um, it is now an industrial park. A veterans administration is there. A golf course. I mean, it was over a thousand acres. So it, there's, the, kind of, there's some kind of school there too. Yeah. A school that people stay at. Um, it's been turned into a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but before its original structure was torn down, it was a huge hot spot of ghost hunters, paranormal things. I mean, all of these atrocities, tons of deaths happened. Um, and it actually appeared on the Travel Channel's show, The Most Terrifying Places in America. And um, I did go back and watch that episode because I remember I remember when that aired. I think um, it was like 2011, 2010. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so flabbergasted that Mantino was on the Travel Channel TV show. I was like, no yeah. way. Um, I remember that. but. Um, so a lot of paranormal investigators claim to see patients in hospital gowns and nurses in the hall. And you know what? If any place was to be haunted, it probably was that place. I'm not, yeah. I'm saying. I mean, when I was there, I never saw anything except disgusting, creepy rundown. I remember something that really stands out in my brain is how rundown and disgusting like the toilets and the bathtubs looked like it was really creepy really really gross in there yeah it was really gross like really vandalized and did you ever go down into the tunnels I can't remember those were creepy I don't I don't think so I don't think I made it that far (laughs) yeah I'll tell my whole story at the end okay um so one of uh, the most famous ghost was of a patient, Genevieve Jenny Polarski, who she's real. She was a real patient there. And people say they saw her when the building was standing. So Jenny was committed in 1944 to Mantino State Hospital. She was only 25. Um, she was committed by her parents after having a disagreement about where she should live. So that's great. Um, she had completed three years of college at the University of Illinois, majoring in chemistry, but she suffered from manic depressive disorder. And so okay. she was put there, um, sadly. And yeah. in 1950, Jenny became a subject of an involuntary experiment. And the Chicago Tribune actually reported on her case at the time. Uh, in 1955, she was lobotomized. Which, if you don't know what that is, I said it earlier, too. And I don't recall if I've said it before. Um, it's like cracking your skull open to, like, basically stir up your brains. And it's supposed to, like, oh, let me just, like, jostle your brain and you'll be cured of whatever you have. Yeah, I think it's, like... Clearly, that doesn't work. Doesn't it go through, like, the base of the skull or something? Yeah, there are different ways. Like, there, it goes through the occipital, like, your eye. In some cases, like the corner well, of your I eye, said, it'll go through the. I said that wrong. Which yeah. one's your eye? Orbital. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, occipital yeah. is the back of the skull. Yeah, so there's that one, and the one that goes through the corner of your eye to the back of your skull. Oh my god! And then yeah. there's one where they drill a hole in the side of your head as well, like, like by your temple. temple. Yeah. Oh so those are different lobotomies, and it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the tribute just makes them like brain dead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cause I mean, I don't know how they expected any other outcome. That's insane. Um, okay. I, I don't even know what they were thinking. Yeah. 
19, so this happened in 1955 and the Tribune article, the Chicago Tribune article I found about her said on February 18th, 1955, uh, Jenny had extensive neurosurgery with bilateral extirpation uh, of most of her frontal and temporal lobes. She is now mute, totally dependent on commands for functioning of everything from toilet urges and up to be given an experimental course of electric convulsive therapy to see if any effective change can be brought about. (sighs) This poor woman, after they realized, oh, she's now mute and can barely like function. She can't even go to the bathroom. Let's give her some electric therapy, shock therapy to see if that helps too. That's just torture. This poor woman, she, she was depressed. She did not need, I mean, no one ever needs a lobotomy, but like, depression oh my she probably oh my god I mean she went through three years of college like she definitely wasn't oh no um so she stayed there for the rest of her life and at the age of 80 she died in the hospital and for the last 20 years of her life she was and then this is quote from the article again incapable of any kind of human interaction and she spent her last days buried under her bedclothes or roaming the halls, drooling and babbling. So it's like she was she was going to be a chemist. She was a brilliant woman and they just destroyed her in that place. And so they say she is the ghost of her was said to be seen in her room, wandering the halls, trying to communicate with people, which is just so sad. I hope so sad. she finds peace in her afterlife um and then an artist actually a modern artist she created um photographs called the jenny messages and she painted quotes from jenny's medical transcripts on the walls of the hospital and like took photos so you can look up the jenny messages too they're um because on her medical transcripts that they always talked about how like harmless she was and how she probably oh she probably didn't need this and now that we think about it and like stuff like that on her medical (sighs) transcripts like it's terrible gross um but that is all i've got on the mantino state hospital i can't believe that happened so close to us yeah and really not that long ago not that long ago i mean in my grandparents' lifetime. Mm-hmm. Scary. That makes me so sad. I, I, I'm just like shook by everything that went down there. And like, and like, I just, I, I, oh, I feel bad that like I, I went there and like, I mean, yeah, I like in high school, like I went, I kind of made light of it. I mean, just because yeah. it's like, oh, it's the nearby mental Institute, like abandoned mentalist. Uh, it's haunted like yeah like it's haunted so it was just a thing we like yeah like kids did you know everyone's got a place in their hometown like oh let's let's go it'll be you know but yeah yeah, it now that when you know like when you're older it's like depressing the amount of abuse that went there I mean that should be something that's taught in schools like yeah. You know how they, they say, like, I mean, we've learned about mental, uh, not mental, um, medical experiments and obviously how, like, so many people cross the line, but, like, I never heard about this specifically. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's downright wrong. Infecting someone with malaria when you don't even have a cure, you're basically saying, like, okay, we're going to kill these people. Like, yeah, I understand trying to figure out a cure it's, it's, I mean, it's the same as like giving people COVID when we don't have a set medication to cure it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same exact thing. Can you imagine that happening to people? Yeah. And it's that's a, that's a horrible disgusting. death. That's like, and yeah. especially without people knowing. Mm-hmm. And there oh. are, there are like so many unmarked graves. I mean, they don't exist anymore, like the graveyard, but they did for a long time just people not properly buried not properly remembered they're like kind of lost a lot of people are 
So it's it's really sad. And the poor families. Yeah. Man, that's really that's really hard. And I mean all the all the staff, I, I wanna know, like, I mean, I'm sure there were definitely some evil staff members in there, but I'm oh, I, sure. I think there were like plenty of people that thought that they were there just doing the right thing, like yeah, doing their job, doing what they were told. Yeah. I'm sure there were I mean, there was tons of abuse, but I'm sure there were also people who just like think of the people who just have no idea what to do and therefore were neglectful, therefore were and there's abusive plenty. just by not knowing what to do. Right. But, and there's like a lot of the abuse was like just negligence because they just mm-hmm. didn't have the staff. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to neglect a patient when you've got 40 others that you're worried about yeah there were there were also nurses being killed too by patients so it it was just like on both sides no one knew how to communicate no one knew what to do about anything yeah like I definitely wouldn't want to go into a room and take care of a patient that's threat that's trying to kill me when I don't have any backup whatsoever and like yeah I mean I'm sure it was easy to get like a weapon in there I mean I'm sure they weren't that secure. You can't be when you don't have the staff. I've just, I cannot even, oh, yeah. The fact that it went on for so long too, it didn't get closed until the eighties. Mm-hmm. The eighties. It's so crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell my story really quick and then, okay. and then we'll wrap up here. So, um, like I said, this was a place we went to in high school. We'd always go like late at night and yeah okay I knew I was trespassing but like I didn't you know you don't really understand like the full repercussions of trespassing um yeah when you're there and obviously you don't tell your parents you're going because they're gonna say no that's trespassing it's illegal um Ooh. so you just kind of go in the middle of the night with your friends so I went with uh one guy and two other girls and we went we were like uh so like you you were saying it's an industrial park and then there's like there was one standalone building that was completely uh, like dilapidated is that the word yeah uh run down just I mean all the windows were busted there were boards on the windows yeah um I mean there were the door was kind of like half off so like you just had to like walk through it you couldn't really like it wasn't like you would open a door you would just kind of walk through um and so I had gone there before. And so like the first time I'd gone, you know, you walk in and it's like this one room and then to the left, you go down a hallway, then it opens up into a big, almost um, like ballroom type. Mm-hmm. Room. And then the other direction you go, you pass like, so when you go to your right, you would like, you go down a hallway and there'd be like bathroom and there's still the toilets and the bathtubs and then you'd go you keep walking and then you'd go through a door and there was like this other big room so that's what I remember of it then when you'd go around the back you'd go down these stairs and then you'd enter into this uh underground um tunnel system and that's that was like the creepy place I mean like there was like it was dirt floors it was Mm -hmm. really spooky down there um that's where I would get the most uh, chills. Yeah. So anyway, I we went one time and I think this was our last time going. And just knowing what I know now, this was so stupid of us. Oh, God. Um. So we're there. It's like two in the morning. And then all of a sudden, another car pulls up. So we know we're not supposed to be there. So we just kind of stand by our car waiting for them to like uh that car to drive by or to be a cop and tell us to leave Uh uh-huh well they end up parking next to us and uh say and he gets out of his car and he goes oh hey are you guys here to tour diverse attack we're like yeah he's like okay well um you know my friends are about to get here i want to scare them he's like so do you guys want to help me oh god Mm-hmm. all right I just got Jilly from her nap because she was just crying so she gets to hear how stoopy mommy was <laughs> and, and, how, and she's gonna learn never to do this right yeah. you're gonna be a good child you're not gonna make the mistakes mommy did this was bad 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 
Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> he goes, you guys want to help? Like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Like just scaring some people. Like they're going to be, they're going to freak out. So um, he opens up his trunk and for some reason we crowd around it and he's showing us i mean he has this like creepy baby mask he's got oh, this no. other um yeah he's got these other masks he's already wearing like a full body white jumpsuit like like he's gonna kill us oh my god <laughs> and then bye bye check out all this stuff then he pulls out this massive like buck knife and he's like oh yeah check this out and pulls it out and it's like holding up that's the first you're done time. you're done yeah, that's right that's the first time in this interaction where I start getting worried I mean yeah. come on like where was my my sense of oh but anyway so then I cut we the three girls and and all back up behind the one guy that's there as if that guy is going to protect us but I mean I guess in that instance you just you won't be oh. the slowest <laughs> just can't and um so we go with him he's like oh they're coming they're coming so he gets he puts on a different mask I'm trying to think of what it was it wasn't the baby mask but anyway he puts on a different mask and we all start running towards the building and we run in and um he goes and he crouches behind um the like toilets that I was describing and then we went into that that uh, ballroom that was right by the bathroom. So the guy's name was Danny. And um, so anyway, we're walking. They, we can hear them coming in and they're walking through and they're kind of all whispering, super freaked. Out. And we know that they're about to enter the bathroom. And so like, I didn't, I mean, I was courteous of this guy that had just like concocted this whole plan to scare his friends. Wow. So I wasn't going to ruin it for the guy. Oh, but Danny being just the guy he is he wanted to be the one to scare them oh no so he does like I still remember thinking how like smart this was because you know there's jump scaring but then there's the element of like like really freaking someone out to like have it imprinted in their memory you know Uh what he did was so there's the door there we're all hiding behind the door as they were walking down the hallway we could see their flashlight shining in our direction Danny goes, he was kind of a taller guy. He was really thin, had like really uh, like bigger hands with like long fingers, grabs the side of the door as if he's like going to open it, you know, and just like curls his fingers slowly around the door. I like, hate that. How spooky would that be if you just ah. see a hand and like fingers curly, uh, like slowly curl around the door? Holy crap. That scared me. And I knew who, who he, what he was doing. <laughs> And, um, they saw that and they're like, <gasps> and they just all started screaming and ran away. And then the, the friend jumped out and like started chasing them down. Oh so like God. Danny totally ruined it for the guy, but it was just so good. It was so funny. Um, so luckily we didn't, we didn't get killed or anything, but I mean, luckily, yes. In hindsight, thinking about like two in the morning, no one else is around. We're in this random industrial park and, this guy pulls up with a buck knife i mean yeah how that could have ended we? very badly for you Casey. it could have terrible yes it could have oh. been so bad so i'm so lucky that that didn't end poorly but anyway oh my god um oh my god but anyway so then um we did end up going down to the tunnels after that and my one friend and I, uh, we were like really close together, huddled up. Yeah. Danny was kind of a jerk. He was purposely <laughs> scaring us a lot. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously you go there with three girls and you're the only guy you're going to be like messing with them the whole time, I guess. Yeah. In high school. Um, so I had one of those big, uh, oh, flash I can't think of the word flashlight that you can like you can almost use it as a weapon like one of those big metal ones yeah I had that in my hand and we're down in the tunnel and me and my friend are super close together like huddled up like shining it down the corridors of this of this underground tunnel and uh then Danny came up behind us and 
scared us and I I screamed and swung the flashlight up and smacked my friend so hard in the forehead with it because I was gone and that also on that trip she also like fell in a hole and twisted her ankle by the time she was by the end of that whole experience she was so beaten up I felt not a good time (laughs) but anyway don't be places you don't belong children yes don't (laughs) pass you know it wasn't worth it in the end yeah okay fine I'm laughing about these stories now but I could have died you could get a lot of trouble and I'd even yeah and you can get arrested yeah wait what is that line from Harry Potter um we could have been killed or worse (laughs) (laughs) she needs to get her priorities straight (laughs) you like my English accent (laughs) yeah it's really good it's really good (laughs) <laughs> she needs to get her priorities straight ronald weasley anyway that was that was very yeah. very interesting i am yeah. definitely going to be adding in all that history now when i tell that story of how yeah. i almost died um yeah <laughs> and over here was oh my god this is crazy i just that's so sad mm-hmm but anyway, thank you, Emily, for looking up all the information. And everybody, you need to be fancy and try our bougie Bosco sticks. That's yeah. what they call triple B's. Triple oh, wait, B's. Wait, it's not, it's wait, not wait, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> sticks does not start with a B, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's good. Bougie Bosco Bix. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder. <laughs>